Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. VGK has to win out to make it into the playoffs. Hi again, everyone. I am Tony Cardasco. Follow us at Locked On VGK. Me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. And our co-host, Chris Golick. He can be found at TD Chris G on Twitter. And thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It's free and available on all platforms. And Chris, I know that you and all the fans who scoreboard watch saw last night that the Dallas Stars fell in Calgary. So right now that leaves the door wide open for the Vegas Golden Knights to sneak into the playoffs. VGK now just two points behind the Stars. They've played the equal amount of games. Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Las Vegas time. We all will be watching this on ESPN+. And the VGK magic number is four. They have to win out. Have to win out and... Also, the key to that is winning in regulation uh, Tuesday in Dallas. If Dallas, if, if VGK in Dallas, well, VGK wins out. If Dallas gets one point and still wins their last three, then they'll still uh, get in. But Vegas does hold the tiebreaker for regulation wins, so that's why if we if we win out while getting uh, two points in regulation in Dallas. And if Dallas wins their other three games, we'll have the same amount of points. But we have, I believe, four greater regulation wins, which is uh, the key tiebreaker to all this. So it's uh, we went from feeling like we were dead in the water to, OK, you got a chance. I think you tweeted first. You tweeted there was a 21 percent chance and then it was, it actually, was actually two point one. Yeah, I forget. Uh, dec- yeah, I forget decimal points sometimes, you know. <laughs> that felt low to me. I mean, I don't know. I know there's people that twist these and run simulations and such. And I think depending on which uh, simulation model you look, look at, we're still in like the upper twenties, low thirties. And I don't necessarily understand that. I guess Vancouver is still lurking right behind us, but we hold the regulation um, tiebreaker against them as well. So, Hey, it's exciting. We got, we got a pulse. We know that the games are meaningful at least between now and uh, next Tuesday. So let's let's go. Yeah, VGK will play its final home game on Sunday. We'll break down VGK against the Sharks. And along the way, you know, the Golden Knights, yes, everyone's scoreboard watching, as we know. Uh, but uh, the VGK last night got some really good puck luck. Calgary, they had the winning goal off of a deflection, went off of someone's body in front of the net. That was the winning goal. They added an empty netter, and that's the type of luck that you need along the way. The Dallas Stars, to me, I don't think are very good or they're not playing their best hockey right now, and so I think VGK is in a really good situation. Uh, The Canucks season is all but over. Uh, They lost to the Wild on the road last night, 6-3. to The Kings, hardly a chance for VGK to catch uh, the Los Angeles Kings, and so now the only teams I think that the Golden Knights can catch here with four games remaining are the Predators or the Stars. It's real interesting. So so Calgary, they win the division, right, Chris? And so they would play the wild card 
uh, one. Uh, so the first wild card team, and then Colorado plays wild card two. Right now, if the Golden Knights were to sneak in, it would probably be in that last spot, and they would have to be playing the Avalanche. And well, both of those uh, teams, I think, are really tough customers, and having to go on the road for the first couple of games won't be easy an easy task either. Correct. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, talk about an amazing first round matchup. And, and just one point I think I kind of want to make, I know there's going to be a lot of people making comments out there. Oh, no one wants to play the golden Knights in the first round. That's going to be incredibly tough. Like you'd rather play someone else. Uh, the main point I want to make is when you make the playoffs in the NHL, there's no easy outs. There's no, saying we'd rather play this team, we'd rather play that team. You can make a case for all 16 of the remaining teams as to why they do have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup. Of course, some teams you can make better points, but it takes a hot goalie. It takes a couple funky bounces. It takes one of those weird triple overtime games where a lazy shot from the point winds up being the game winner. Um, that said, Vegas, Colorado would be a ton of fun in the first round. It was a ton of fun last year. I mean, they went from thinking about game three at the Fortress last year, by far one of the most exciting hockey games I've ever been at. You're going into the third period, you're down, you're feeling like, okay, we lose this game, the season's over, and then two quick goals, and oh my goodness, the place just exploded. Just getting uh, getting goosebumps thinking about playoff hockey, but we got to get there first, or we, we have to enjoy the last uh, four regular season games, which are playoff hockey. We've been down, uh, as Yan Mark said, we've been down 0-2 for the last month in a playoff series. I finally feel like the playoff series is tied, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that that uh, Colorado series, of course, definitely should start in Tahoe. They should play that first game in Tahoe. Uh, the Blues and the Wild, they play each other. Uh, but we don't know who has uh, the home ice advantage. So th that is already locked in. Okay, so that could be decided when VGK plays in St. Louis next week. So St. Louis, what I'm getting at, one of the four remaining games, that could still be a meaningful game when the Golden Knights go there. So those are at least two of the final four games that have a lot of meaning uh, behind them at Dallas and at St. Louis. And one game to watch, Chris, over the weekend, we've got the Wild and the Predators. That's in Nashville on Sunday. And uh, the Golden Knights cannot, they just cannot afford to let their guard down against the Blackhawks, against San Jose. Those games, are they most concerning to you? Because they are to me. And the Blackhawks, uh, with or without Marc-Andre Fleury, have been a difficult out for VGK this season. Everyone's been a difficult out as of late for VGK, but I, I certainly hear what you're saying. And yes, there's no easy outs right now. And going back to the Devils game, you have, and especially the Sharks, on top of the fact that you just want to win, you want to play well, the players who are hoping to get contracts or better looks next year, those players already have all the motivation that they need. The San Jose Sharks players that have been in San Jose for the last, you know, four and a half seasons, they have extra motivation. This is now going to be their game seven. They know if they come into the fortress on Sunday, it will a disappoint uh, all the VGK faithful that'll be there and B it could potentially 
knock us out of the playoffs. So that's a tough game. That's going to be a very tough game. BGK has to take care of business. Um, looking ahead, obviously Dallas, we, we, we know the implications of that game. But Chicago, yes, it's on the tail of a back-to-back. We now have a goaltending controversy in, in Las Vegas. Go figure. Um, who's going to be the goalie that game? And Chicago, same thing. They got a lot of young players looking to make their mark and leave a solid impression. On top of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, now you got Alex Debrinkit logging a 40-goal season. So that's not going to be an easy game by any means. The hope for uh, Friday's game, I believe I got that right, Friday's game in St. Louis is that game is meaningless. Right now, Minnesota and St. Louis are tied in points. However, uh, well, the Blues do hold the tiebreaker, but Minnesota has one game in hand. Best case scenario is that game against the Blues means nothing for them, and they're simply uh, resting for Minnesota, which would be a good idea. But again, if you're playing a bunch of backups and AHL call-ups, so to speak. They're looking to uh, make their mark. It's going to be their their um, fan appreciation night, so they're going to want to leave uh, on a high note. I mean, there, there's so many storylines right now, but at the end of the day, BGK has to block out any storyline besides getting two points in the game they're currently in. And then Tuesday, getting two points in regulation, obviously. Stay with us. Coming up next, who will lead VGK into the playoffs if they make it? You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Hey, fans, have you tried Built Bar's Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. They are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. Yes, they are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a real fan favorite. There's a lot of incredible flavors. My favorite banana cream pie so good and these are going to become your new favorite as well all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate and that includes the puffs 100 real chocolate low calorie high protein replace your candy bars with these they are much much better a typical candy bar could be anywhere from two to 300 calories and most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein Compare this to a candy bar, usually has around 240 calories, plus, plus, plus. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you will receive 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back, and thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. And for your next listen, make sure that you check out Locked On Now, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get podcasts. From Las Vegas, Tony Cardasco and Chris G. Chris Golick. And Chris, you, you had this question. You posed a question. Who would lead VGK into the playoffs or down the stretch if they should get in? Can we do this with a three-star rating system? starting from the third star on up. Is that fair? That sounds fun. Fire okay. away. Okay. Well, my third star would have to be Chandler Stevenson. So if the okay. Golden Knights were to make it into the uh, playoffs, I think Chandler Stevenson would be an integral part scored on the power play the other night. And again, just a career season, my midseason MVP. And I think he's making a late rush to be the most valuable player overall for this Golden Knights team in my estimation. 
No, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, coming into the season, who was going to take on that center uh, one role, at least until Eichel arrived, and, and Stevie was amazing. Um, I certainly agree that someone like him needs to keep that momentum up. And, I mean, we're going to see where he winds up as far as the line combos and such go. But, yeah, that's that's certainly a great one. Um, if I'm going to give you a number two star, if we're going to go like that, uh, Alec Martinez. Um Alec Martinez is, he could just as easily wear the C, just as nothing negative about Mark Stone when I say that, of course, but he could just as easily be our captain. He's the last one on the ice as the players are coming out for one of the last players on ice for uh, warmups, always the last player on the ice as the players are skating out uh, for intermission or at the end of the game. And you look at his pedigree, he is a Stanley Cup winner. He has a game-winning goal in OT of a Stanley Cup. There was an unnamed Knights player that made a passionate speech somewhere uh, during the week about any day you get to put on that jersey, it's it's a good day. And another one for the cliche, well, if I had to give action on who stood up and probably made that speech, it is Alec Martinez, just based on the fact that his injury that happened life-changing, almost life-altering. I mean, A, it's dangerous, and it could have been much worse than it was. But uh, B, that injury, that skate just under his eye, almost ended his career based on uh, some reports that came out. So if there's someone who's uh, on a second life, if you will, that's going to make sure that uh, VGK is in the best possible spot every single night, it's Alec Martinez. You know, uh, for that number one star, I think we're going to have maybe a toss-up, so I'll throw a couple of names out there. Uh, Max Pacioretty or, of course, Jack Eichel, who is still taping his stick from Wednesday night. He had all sorts of issues with that stick, by the way. (laughs) And so uh, Pacioretty, though, you know, again, with that uh, presser that we saw the other day and just that he was just he was very hot under the collar. Uh, We don't know if this team is chemistry or not. It does not appear as though they have chemistry. Uh, and he feels like he should play individually. He went out there, you know, after he made that speech, and I thought he played a heck of a game, played a lot of really strong, solid shifts, was robbed a couple of times on his shots, okay? But I think that there's a guy that is definitely a team leader, and I think he's just tired of laying in the weeds, and I feel as though he is uh, someone, I think, that's trying to get that message across, and especially to the younger players. And then Jack Eichel, Well, I just love the quote, you know, about Eichel the past week again, where he said uh, when asked, does this feel like a playoff atmosphere? He says, I don't know. I've never been in the playoffs. So does Jack Eichel make it into the playoffs? I mean, he's getting a lot of slander from the folks in Buffalo right now. But Jack Eichel, we know, could be a leader. It's uh, a toss up for me between Pacioretty and Eichel for the number one star. I like both of those. Um, of course, Mark Stone comes to play. Petrangelo comes to play. And Marchessault comes to play. So when I think about all those names, I'm thinking about all the veteran leadership leadership that this team has. We have some young players, but this is that uh, almost that now Grizzly veteran team, as crazy as that sounds for a year five expansion team. Um, but I'm not going to take a player to be the one to carry us. Uh, I'm going to put the my first star, if you will, on uh, Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer has to wow. spin the dials for this team. One, as a motivator, 
has to find a way to motivate these players and increase the excitement, maybe take the edge off in practice and such, and maybe just show a different uh, personality, if you will. I'm I'm not knocking him by any means when I say that, but this is the time when great leaders find a way to rise above. Um, as far as the line combos and such, it's not like we can just rely on two or three forwards and one or two defensemen. You have at least four defensemen who can help carry the mail. You have at least, I mean, six, seven veteran forwards out there who can carry us. And DeBoer has to find the right mix to spread the talent out or to load the talent when necessary, the line combos and such. And I think he's going to find a way to rise above. Uh, Like Alec Martinez, I said, you know, he's on his second life right now. Honestly, I think Pete DeBoer is on his second life right now as far as uh, his VGK tenure goes, because as of last week, things weren't looking too hot, and we're saying DeBoer's the first one to go. Well, all of a sudden now things are looking up again. All of a sudden the edge is off a little bit. The team seemed like, They were having some fun on uh, Wednesday night, rightfully so. And it's fun to be back in the playoff hunt. I think DeBoer is actually going to be the one we're going to point to when the dust settles after a successful run right now. And I still, you know, I got some comment uh, yesterday about, you know, what we were saying about if there's interference, you know, from the front office for the VGK, if uh, McCrimmon, McPhee, or all the way on up to uh, Bill Foley are interfering with the process and, I really did get some good comments from listeners of this show, and we invite you to keep them coming here, just instant message us or what have you, but or make your comments, obviously, just on Twitter. I, I'll retweet them. I don't care, whatever. But I, I, <laughs> I, I still feel, you know, to your point, you say Pete DeBoer. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, but I just I really am concerned that those above Pete DeBoer's pay scale are are are. are putting a lot of, let's say, pressure on him, I think, right now. I think they really are. I, I, I'm really feeling that uh, Pete DeBoer is in the pressure cooker, and I think a lot of that might be coming from McCrimmon and above. Well, listen, if this team fails, Dober has – DeBoer, excuse me. DeBoer has the out of all the man games lost. Fair, foul, or otherwise, that is a measurable statistic that – DeBoer can say when he talks with uh, Bill Foley at the end of the season about how things went. I don't know how these things happen at the end of the season. I don't know if they do like a regular employer. They have a mid-year review and an end-of-year review and stuff like that. But I'm assuming there is some face-to-face interaction at the end of the season where Foley will you know, say, hey, good job, coach, or bad job, coach, and all of those things. And at somewhere, one of those two is going to bring up the injuries. Um Now there's not injuries. I mean, Riley Smith is out. Our other players are getting closer to full health and such. At the end of the day, McCrimmon and McPhee a lot more than probably most presidents of hockey operations are. But uh, McCrimmon, McPhee are responsible for the talent that is acquired. And if the talent acquired cannot get this team into the playoffs, into what's not a very strong division, in my opinion, not as strong as some of the divisions in the East, obviously. But if this team can't backdoor into the playoffs and then make a run with a healthy team, that's going to show negative on our on our spending, if you will, on our salary cap, which we are exceeding by a 
sizable margin. At the end of the day, Bill Foley writes that check for those players, and he's writing a check over the salary cap. And now Foley's going to have that exit interview with McPhee and McCrimmon say, it's wasted a ton of money. I couldn't get a damn playoff team. What's happening here, boys? That's not a conversation I want to be a part of at the end of the year. Coming up next, stay with us. The Sharks come calling on Sunday. Is this game a trap? Stay with us on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts welcome back tony Cardasco and chris gallic from las vegas and uh, we will see the san jose sharks seven o'clock on sunday night and chris i watched some of the sharks st louis game and do you realize that's on that, but keep going. <laughs> uh, that's my penance right there. Uh, do you realize <laughs> that uh, San Jose now has eight rookies in the lineup, eight rookies. And one of those rookies though is outstanding. That is Thomas Bordelow. He's age 20. He's uh, from the university of Michigan had 36 points. He played on the team with, of course, VGK's future star, Brandon Brisson. And his dad, Sebastian Bordelow, you might recall him from his playing days. Yeah, 57%. (laughs) He won on face-offs, 57%. So this kid already is great in the circle. He's great on assist. He's a star in the making. Yeah, his dad is uh, currently, I think, with the Predators in player development. But, uh, you know, uh, Couture had said that with the puck on stick, this kid is very creative. He has four points in three games. I'll tell you what, he is fun to watch, and it's a fun team to watch. They can't play defense worth a damn. Uh, But, uh, you know, Bordalo has made a couple of spinning assists. He's fun. He's playing really well on the wide open ice. Still a threat. And then uh, you have Rudolph's uh, Palsers and Noah Gregor. They're playing well. And I think, you know, this is a team that could be a little bit on the dangerous side for VGK. They have to be aware. Uh, They have to be aware, and they don't know a lot of this younger talent. We'll just have to see how they play. And the Golden Knights have better be ready for anything that's tossed their way on Sunday. No doubt. No doubt. And the point that I made earlier, you just said it. Eight rookies in the lineup, I believe. They're all looking to make an impression on their leadership, on their coaches, general managers, owners, and such. Whether their next season is going to be in San Jose or elsewhere, they're looking to get that contract, make themselves known, there, San Jose does not need any extra motivation in this game. We know well about the rivalry that exists. Um, your teaser at the end was, is this a trap game? And, and my answer to that is, there's no trap games in the last four games of the regular season right now. Games 30, 40, 50 in the dog days of winter, the second of a back-to-back, or the first game on that um, after that eight or nine-day road trip, those are trap games all day long, but at this stage of the season, especially with this Golden Knights team and all the veteran leadership that we have and a very experienced coach, there's not going to be a trap game right now. That doesn't mean that this is not a dangerous game. That does not mean 
that Vegas is going to come in and wipe the mat with them like they did Arizona, you know, about uh, two weeks ago now. Going back to New Jersey, this is pretty much the same situation. The Sharks, I believe, are one and nine this calendar month or one and eight this calendar month. Uh, the Sharks are going to be at home against Chicago on Saturday, and then we get them on the backside of the back-to-back, which I think will be very beneficial. Same breath now, Tony. I know how you uh, how much you love these long layoffs and such, and the Golden Knights are going to have, I believe, three calendar days off uh, before they play San Jose. Sure, they're going to be fresh. They're going to be uh, have plenty of energy given the, the landscape of the game. But San Jose is going to come in on – they're going to have a very hot start. They're going to have a very good 10, 12 minutes. They're going to be energized just because they played the night before. San Jose will taper off as the game goes on. If VGK can take care of business in the first period and take care of business, just 0-0 after the first period is the goal. 0-0 or a tie game after the first period. And then VGK, I think, turns it on in the second and third. So betting angle, folks, if San Jose gets the first goal or something like that, or if the game is tied 0-0 uh, after the first, hammer the over on the end game. If San Jose <laughs> scores first, hammer uh, hammer away at the end game, because I think we're going to get there just fine. It might be a little nerve-wracking for the first few minutes, but no trap games this time of the year. This, this is not a trap game. By the way, there is another University of Michigan player, the goaltender, Strauss Mann, is now with the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL. So these uh, Michigan players already are making their mark. And uh, for San Jose, Chris, they did have their longest losing streak in 16 years earlier uh, that they broke recently. And that was, I think, 10 games. They had lost 10 games in a row. Um, So let's talk about net minding. Will it be Reimer or will it be the young Capo Kakinen for San Jose? And one thing to be aware of, if VGK wins this game, which they should, and they should do it handily, I'm with you on that, it'll be because they pressed and pressured uh, and did a lot with the forecheck against the Sharks. And in watching the game against St. Louis, San Jose, I noticed, was so sloppy, even in their own end, and they turned the puck over even more than the Golden Knights. But That's bad. Uh, yeah, that's very bad. So uh, we don't know who will be in net on the tail end of that uh, back-to-back. I suspect we might see Reimer. If we do see Reimer, that means San Jose is going to try to give it a push. They're going to try to beat VGK. See the younger Kakinen, uh, then perhaps they will be raising the white flag or the teal flag in this case or whatever. And uh, <laughs> for, for the Golden Knights, though, uh, of course, it has to be Logan Thompson between the pipes. It has to be. And uh, I, enough of this Robin Leonard stuff. They're trying to rebuild his confidence, I think, too. And I think that management for the Golden Knights is just going a little bit too far, I feel. I really do believe to accommodate Robin Leonard, the walrus. I hear everything that you're saying there. I really do. And it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's super, 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 super strange. I mean, we pay, how about this? We pay Pete DeBoer $3 million a year to put the right lineup out there. We, let, let's say it like that instead of uh, who, how much the goalie makes and why the goalie goes out there. Pete DeBoer makes roughly $3 million a year to put a winning roster out there starting uh, in the back with the goal. Um, going back to some of your points, which goaltender? Honestly, I think it's a more interesting spot if they go with Kakin and if they go with the youngster because 
the youngster might not understand, have, have a full, um, he, he might not care about the pressure leading up to this game, right? He's new, looking to make his mark, looking to make himself known. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, bringing in the rookie uh, pinch hitter when the other team's uh, pitcher has a no hitter going or something like that. Someone who doesn't fully understand the magnitude of the situation. So if you go with the uh, Kakinen, that can be a different uh, storyline for San Jose than simply uh, raising the teal flag and saying we give up. Um, and yeah, it, it, back to the goalie for a VGK. If it's not Thompson, I don't know what to say at this point. I don't know what to say at this point. Um, whether it's influence from above or whether it's just Pete DeBoer is just so in love with the notion that Leonard is going to shake off the yips right now. You know, Chuck Knobloch not making that throw the first base. That's kind of uh, <laughs> what we have going on with uh, Leonard. And again, I like Leonard as a goalie. I believe in Leonard as a goalie. But when you're Pete DeBoer and you have these tools on your tool belts, one of these tools is working very well. Every time you uh, take it out of your hip, you press the button, the drill bit goes in nice and smooth, and you don't got to worry about it. But then when you go to the other tool belt, sometimes uh, the bit's not in properly and it, the screw doesn't go in. The, I'm not a handyman. I can't fix anything. So forgive these terrible puns that I'm making right now. I pay people money when things go bad in my house. But point being, Thompson, Thompson, Thompson. If Thompson waivers, then yes, Leonard will be there if need be. And maybe Leonard coming in a uh, relief pitcher role, if you will. If Thompson doesn't do well, maybe that'll shake it. But right now, Thompson has to start these final games. He has to start the back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, Chicago, um, all the way around, uh, Dallas, Chicago. Thompson until farther notice. If not, there's going to be a riot at T-Mobile. Yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult for the fans to deal with this because, again, it's very polarizing with Robin Leonard at this stage of the season, and he's just not playing well. And, you know, Pete DeBoer says that he has to go with the hot hand, and so he has to go with Thompson. And VGK has won 11 straight in this series against the Sharks. Uh, Chris, real quick, let's get prediction time in. Uh, so my prediction will be VGK 6, San Jose 2, take the over. <laughs> I'm guessing the over-under, it's probably going to be right on 6, so be careful. The over-under is probably going to be right on 6 and juiced probably a, a little bit. So be careful. You, you need you need 7 goals, I think, if you're going to get the over. Um, I think... VGK four, San Jose two, Keegan Colasar gets his first hat trick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the Colasar train. That's a, so that's a stretch. I'll be the stretch. only one making that prediction. I'll <laughs> be right. the only one. Okay. Well, we'll give a call out. We'll give a shout out on Twitter, right? If that is the case. And we thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. Coming up on Monday's show, of course, we will recap the San Jose game and start to preview uh, the big showdown game against Dallas in the big D now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey host steel Roden and flip Livingstone help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast for Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now from Las Vegas. We thank you all for tuning in. See you again Monday right here on locked on golden Knights. Take care.